Hello, beautiful soul. Welcome to the Her Soulful Success Podcast. I am Diana Ricciotti, certified coach of NLP, certified timeline therapy practitioner, business mentor, and the girl who went from corporate climbing to solopreneur, replacing her full-time income working part-time hours in her business while juggling mum life. But you, my friend, can call me D because I know quite literally that we're going to become business besties. This space is for you to escape into away from the crazy hustle in your business and life to get your weekly mindset fix, your business boost, your realignment with the highest and best version of yourself and your dose of self-development. All ingredients that I believe for a soulfully successful business where abundance and fulfillment go hand in hand. Whether you're doing the nine to five grind and dreaming about there being something more out there for you, whether you're wanting to explode your side hustle, or you are already a business owner feeling maybe a little lost, stuck or overwhelmed, this podcast is designed to speak to your soul. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's podcast and level up your mindset so that you can begin living your best life. Hello, business besties, and welcome to the Her Soulful Success Podcast. This is episode six, and I have been dying to get this episode out to you guys because today I'm interviewing an incredible money mindset expert and business coach who helps women worldwide transform their relationships with money. She is a serial entrepreneur who has recently published a book which has gone top four on Amazon and has been picked up by all the big name stores, including Target. If you are sick and tired of having a crappy relationship with money, tired of feeling negative, stressed, stuck and guilty when it comes to your finances, then girl, buckle up because this is going to be an episode you do not want to miss. Let's dive in. Shauna, it is such an honor to have you on the podcast today. I am just so incredibly excited that that you're here and what we're going to be talking about today is something really close to my heart because I know that particularly with my clients, they have a lot of money blocks and things that are holding them back from thriving in their business. So for the audience members who are meeting you for the first time today, could you share from your own words a little bit about your journey that led you here to becoming this badass author and incredible coach? Oh, thank you. I'm so honored to be here as well. This is going to be a really, really fun chat. <laughs> so it depends how far you want me to go back, really. I mean, I started my first business when I was seven. I was doing manicures and pedicures for my aunties at like wow. our Christmas lunches and things like that. And I made a little flyer and I would charge them a dollar seventy-five for a pedicure, <laughs> which was severely undercharging. But that was my first kind of step into the business world. I would also at school, sometimes I would convince my mum to take me to Woolworths and buy bulk chocolate bars or bulk packets of little M&Ms. And I would sit out front of the canteen and undercut my school canteen, which I look back, I'm like, Shona, that wasn't a very nice thing to do. <laughs> but at the time I was just thinking of like, how can I turn $10 into, to, into $20? How can I afford the Barbie dream house, you know? So I've always kind of been a little bit of, not obsessed, but certainly passionate about business, about doing my own thing, about different ways to make money. I was always, if, if we were having a, a family concert or I wanted to put on a little show in the living room to my parents singing to a Britney Spears song, I would always try and actually charge them ticket prices. There's just always been this part of me that really enjoyed that. So later as an adult, it was a really easy transition for me into running businesses. I've run multiple companies, um, done lots of coaching, been an affiliate with a network marketing company for lots of years, which gave me lots of opportunities. Mm -hmm. Started a spray tanning company 70 years ago as I became a new mum and was really looking for a way to stay at home with my babies. And that really led me to working with lots of women in lots of different areas, in lots of different stages of life, sometimes with clothes on in my coaching business and sometimes completely nude in my tanning business. (laughs) And there was things that I kept noticing were popping up over and over and over again. And especially this conversation around money. And it was beautiful, incredible, passionate women who were, you know, career women or they were stay-at-home mums. 
they had seven kids or they had no kids, but the conversation was exactly the same. It was mm-hmm. like, I can't afford that. I feel so bad about spending money. I really need a new, like I've been wearing my maternity bra and my kid's 16 and I really need to buy a new bra, but I don't feel like I should. Yes. There was just all these conversations and it got to the point where it was like, I'm really, really sick of hearing this. I'm going to, I'm going to do something about it. And I was working through my own money mindset blocks you know, I've had a very toxic relationship with money growing up, even though I've always been really good at managing money, had a really toxic relationship with it. And I think the more that I worked on my own relationship with money and how profound and life-changing it was, it's like, I need to share this with everyone. So that's when I did a complete 180 from health coaching Mm -hmm. and stepped fully into just passionate about exciting and empowering women around money. Yeah, I love that story. And talk about being being born basically to be an entrepreneur it's funny when you were talking about you know little Britney Spears performances because I actually used to do that myself but I don't think I was as business minded as you back then because I didn't charge anything for for my performances in the lounge room and I had my sister as my little manager um she used to hate that role but oh my gosh (laughs) that's an incredible journey and a story and I can absolutely relate and when I'm working with my clients, the one thing that I'm that I always explain is in business, I truly believe that it's 90% mindset and 10% strategy. And until you have your money mindset right, you're, you know, it's going to be very difficult to create a business that's going to bring abundance into your life instead of stress or worry. So what do you find are the most common money blocks that women experience today? That's a great question. And I actually spend a probably a third of my new book talking about the different limiting beliefs. And there's hundreds, there's probably thousands of mm-hmm. limiting beliefs because we've all got such unique stories and pasts and experiences in our life that create these limiting beliefs. But there is, a, you know, roughly there is a handful that seem to be the most common, seem to be the most prevalent. And so I've talked about it a lot in the book and I'll share a couple today. The, a lot of the time it comes back to, you know, I don't feel smart enough. Mm-hmm. I'm not good. I'm not good with money. It's this idea of that money is some skill that you're born with, that some people are born with it and some people are born without money. And it's just this thing that you you can't get better at. But money is actually just a skill and money is a tool and a resource and you can absolutely choose to be better at mm-hmm. it if you want to. So that's probably one of the most common ones. It's like, oh, I'm not good with money. My husband deals with that or, oh, I don't I don't handle the budgeting because, you know, I'm not, I can't handle money properly. And, and all, a lot of those type of limiting beliefs I find are the most common. And there's also that feeling of scarcity around there's not enough, there's not going to be enough. I think as women, as natural born nurturers, and we, you know, we want to make sure our family's safe. We want to make sure everything's okay. And we're, we're very multitasked and it's called diffuse awareness where we can notice lots of things at once. It makes sense that we're thinking about today and what has to happen today, but we're also thinking about in two months' time mm-hmm. when the electricity bill comes, what's going to happen then. So we've got this ability to focus on lots of different things at a time but sometimes it can backfire and we're always thinking about the rainy day we're always thinking there's not going to be enough or something's going to happen or the money that we do have is going to be taken from us Mm -hmm. so I feel like that holds us back in a lot of ways as well and then there's probably the one thinking you know that rich people are dirty and greedy mm-hmm. and evil and that there's this idea that anyone with wealth is a bad person or will be a bad parent. This is a lot that I deal with mums. Like subconsciously we've seen our entire lives, the rich kid always labelled as the brat or the one with drug problems or the mm-hmm. one, you know, with with real big issues. So subconsciously we can sabotage ourselves as parents. We don't want to be really wealthy because we don't want to have a spoiled brat as a kid, mm-hmm. which logically makes zero sense, right? Mm-hmm. But it's this exposure in this story we've we've narrative we've had fed to us our entire lives. So those are probably the three most common that I have in conversations with women. There's obviously yeah a broad spectrum of money blocks that we go through, and I, yeah I talk about that a lot more in the book and with my coaching and everything. But those those are probably the top three. Yeah, and I can absolutely relate to particularly the scarcity mindset. One of my limiting beliefs used to be around not just that there wasn't enough 
money for me, but that that wasn't enough money in the world. And that abundance was, you know, a limited resource. And it only went to some sort of, you know, hierarchy of people, people right at the top and the people at the bottom just never get got to basically receive it until I realized that it was about that that really was just conditioning and it was nothing but just a belief that I had that was you know taught down to me through my environment and that abundance is everywhere and for everyone you just have to be open to receiving it so yeah all three blocks that you mentioned really do resonate with me and some of the work that I've had to do within myself I love that I find like the scarcity is a really subtle block like it's Mm -hmm. not as in your face as oh well you know I think rich people are bad that's why I won't make money because my subconscious doesn't want me to bad scarcity shows up in all these different ways it's the panic about paying the bill even though you have the money to pay the bill Mm -hmm. it's when someone will go to the shops and they'll buy the frozen blueberries that just taste like total dirt instead of the blueberries that they really love the organic ones because it's like it's going to saving them two dollars but at the end of the day you know dirt blueberries are worth so much (laughs) you're getting the nice blueberries are worth so much more i feel like the the scarcity mindset and the lack and that triggers a lot of the fear but it's a lot more subtle it's not in like the big decisions i won't invest in my business because i'm scared i won't make it back that's that's an obvious scarcity thing Mm -hmm. but it's also it's also not the most common it's all those little moments during the day where we choose fear out of love scarcity over abundance that that really controls our life but we don't see it yeah absolutely and this is why it's so important to do this kind of work with particularly like a coach because a lot of your limiting beliefs do hide behind other behaviors and other thought patterns that that we're not easily aware of and that we're not conscious of so in speaking of that in particular in business because a lot of our audience are women who are wanting to start a business or are currently in the beginning stages of a business or maybe really are ready to create you know more success in their side hustle in what ways does a poor relationship with money impact the ability to create a successful business in your opinion in absolutely every way i feel like your relationship with money we we think of it as this one standalone pillar this one particular issue that we have to deal with and yet what we don't realize is that our relationship with money ripples out to everything it affects our relationship with our kids it affects our relationship with our partner our husband and of course it absolutely affects our business because when you're stuck in a scarcity or a lack mindset or scarcity however you'd like to say it Mm -hmm. um, you can't make the best decision the most aligned, the most ethical, the most integrity-based decision for your business. You can't be the most creative, passionate person that you want to be in your company if you're so focused on that lack, that feeling of there's not going to be enough or there's not enough clients out there for me or, you know, you're dealing with your own relationship with money. When women are are scared of wealth, it benefits no one, Mm -hmm. right? So I feel like in... In business, particularly for me, when I was going through this money stuff, it was the feeling of that I hadn't worked hard enough to achieve the money. Because when I when I was working my companies, I had three companies at once. I was making a lot of money, a lot more than any other woman I knew, certainly a lot more than any of the other mm-hmm. stay-at-home mums. And there was this feeling, this subconscious block that kept, I kept getting capped at 7K a month. I just couldn't crack over that. Mm-hmm. And there was this feeling of like, that's double what my husband earns and I don't have the right to make any more money. I don't have, I haven't worked hard enough to make any more than $7,000 a month because I'm at home playing with my kids, making money from my phone. Mm-hmm. You know, I wake, I wake up in the morning and check my phone and there's all this money in my account. And yes, I'm working hard for it, but because I wasn't working as hard as what I thought I needed to, mm-hmm. there was this, this block that kept coming up. There was also... You know, I think for women, a lot of women in business, they struggle with the relationship dynamics once they're making quite a bit of money, especially, you know, it can be once they're making more money than their husband. And on a conscious level, we're like, yeah, that's great. Like, you know, pussy power and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But on a subconscious level and in your actual relationship, it it can cause a a few disruptions where people, you know, figuring out a new dynamic, relearning each other in that way. And I think that that's, really important to work through any blocks you have about that as well a lot of women subconsciously 
can't make more than what their their husband makes consciously. Mm-hmm. We're like, yeah, let's go for it. Let's smash it out the park. Let's retire our partner. Subconsciously, we have all this deep, dark, nasty shit hiding down mm-hmm. inside of us that is threatening to come up and, and kind of ruin the show for us. And then there's obviously, you know, I think in business, if you're scared about money, if you're always fearing that there's not enough, you won't invest in your business to actually grow it. And mm-hmm. we get stuck in this cycle of, I don't want my business to grow too big because then I'll have to pay taxes and then it becomes this legit scary thing. And if I don't feel like I can handle money, I'm not going to feel like I can handle taxes. But then also I won't invest in my business because what if I need that money next month for something else? Or, you know, what if I what if I make invest that money into my company and then I don't get it back? And, and the scarcity mindset is just, it feels like it's putting walls up of us, in front of us. Mm-hmm. Every turn we take, every step we make, just these big blocks come up for us. And until we sit down and actually deal with our relationship with money, we're not actually creating a place for money to come into our life. You know, yes. we might be saying all the affirmations and doing the meditation and, and cult, like doing the vision boards and having all these epic goals. But if we haven't actually dealt with the root cause, it, all the money in the world is going to try and come to you and we're going to subconsciously sabotage it. You know, you're going to have a client on the phone, you're ready to book them in or you've sent them the quote or the proposal. And you know when you just end up saying something stupid at the end, <laughs> like pronouncing their name wrong or not emailing them back, just like, you know, stupid shit that doesn't make any logical sense and it's your subconscious sabotaging you because you're not ready to accept or receive that level of wealth yet. So it affects everything. It affects absolutely. I could talk for literally three days about that, specifically that one question. So much yes. So much yes. As you were talking, I'm like, yeah, tick, 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 you know. (laughs) And for for me and I know like even as a coach, it's still an ongoing journey um, and there's no shame around that this level of work has to be so deep. Like you said, it's, I'm all for affirmations and gratitude journals and, um, doing all of that, you know, conscious level work where we're consciously focusing on the abundance that we have in our life, but dealing with that root cause is also so important. Something that shows up for a lot of clients that I work with. And still I, to this day have to be super mindful about is that I, that the limiting belief that is well-rooted within me around having to work hard for money, having to work really hard and how that plays out for me. And I see a lot of women with burnout and overwhelm in their business is that they create their overwhelm and burnout because without the busy work and without filling their, you know, to-do lists rather than what I like to call a manifestation list of things they want to bring to, you know, bring to into their day that, without it, that they're not worthy of an income, without being super stressed and without having too much on their plate and without just overbooking themselves with things that they need to do in their business. It's just, it, they, they feel unworthy of it. And I certainly still have to, to this day, you know, become conscious when I'm doing this and, and have this behavior play out from that limiting belief. But so much yes there and so much that you said I could also go on and on and on and on and on about some of the limiting beliefs and how they play out in your business. But I absolutely love that. Can you, again, now that we understand this, can you share with us a few techniques or tips that you would give to women who would like to improve their relationship with money? Like where do do we start? Where do they start? Yeah. For me, one of the first things I had to do, because when I started this work, I was in quite a lot of personal debt, mm-hmm. had a really up and down relationship with money. So some weeks, some months I'd make a lot of money. Next month I'd made like $21, you know, $17,000 one month, $21 the next month. Very up and down toxic relationship with money. And what happened is I just wanted to completely ignore it. Like it felt too hard. I just wanted someone else to deal with it please so we did things like my budget they took care of all of our money and all control and I got paid like a little allowance but then it was like this is not actually teaching me anything it's just handing the problem off Mm -hmm. so once I fully took responsibility once I sat down and I'm like I am changing this for good I never want to come back and have to relearn this lesson again I'm learning it properly this time Mm -hmm. because I've been given heaps of opportunities throughout my life to learn about money to to work around this relationship to actually properly have a little bit of faith and start manifesting what I always desired 
but I kept like ignoring it. I kept putting my head in the sand. I didn't want to deal with it. Money was too scary. I didn't feel like I was smart enough to handle it. I didn't feel like I was responsible or had enough willpower mm-hmm. around money. So when the one of the first things I did was like, okay, well, I can't have a good relationship with money if I'm ignoring money, mm-hmm. if I'm treating money like a fuck boy, mm-hmm. <laughs> if I'm essentially sending dick pics to money, if, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm just, I'm ignoring it. I'm in a really neglectful, toxic, bad boy relationship. And it's not the type of relationship I would want to have with a person. Mm-hmm. If I treated my husband the way I treat my money right now, you know, he would have packed his bags months ago. So I really had to step back and go, okay, what am I going to do? It's like, how about I, I, I nurture my relationship with money? Just like I want to check in and tell my kids that I love them every day and make sure I've given them a hug and ask them how their day was. How about I do the same to money? Mm-hmm. So I started setting a timer at 8 o'clock every morning. You know, that was normally when I made my morning coffee. And this little reminder would go off on my phone. It said, time to nurture your relationship with money, Shona. Really easy thing to do. And I would just jump online and check. I had two, bank, two banks at the time. Um, And I would jump online and just check both apps on my phone just to like say hi to my money. And it was really, really, really scary the Mm -hmm. first few times. It was absolutely terrifying. There was a lot of debt in there. Some of my bank accounts had nothing. Some of my bank accounts were in minus figures. But it was kind of that attitude of, you know, build the relationship and build the mindset and the money will come. And one day those accounts will be really full. And instead of hating the accounts, ignoring them and then expecting money to come and then like, oh, well, now I'll have a good relationship with money. Like, no, the relationship and the mindset has to come first. It's like it's like a people win the lottery and then they you see them, they've mm-hmm. lost it all and they end up completely bankrupt because they don't have the mindset to match up. Their energy isn't aligned with wealth. So what I was trying to do was realign my energy with wealth. I was trying to transform my relationship with money. And I did that really in those very early days by just checking in with my money every day. And I would repeat to myself, even though I hated looking at it at the start, I would cringe. I was terrified. I would full on get like sweaty on the back of my neck thinking about Mm -hmm. opening up my bank account to see it in negative figures. Every single day I opened it up and I was like, I'm nurturing my relationship with money. And I would repeat and declare to myself, these bank accounts are going to be so full and so overflowing. I'm so grateful for all the money that's coming my way. And really just just rewired from an experience of checking my bank accounts with a really negative energy, just did the conscious work to then subconsciously, now I'm happy every time I check my bank accounts. And now all of my accounts are overflowing and all of that personal debt is gone. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the very first steps that I did. And I feel like that's something that is quite scary for a lot of people because it requ- it requires a level of honesty that a lot of people don't want to deal with. Yeah. But it's not so deep that you've got to like sit down and journal on it and there's going to be lots of tears and it's going to take days to wa- work through this heavy emotional work. It's just checking your bank account, mm-hmm. making it a daily habit and nurturing relationship with money. So that's one of the first things I suggest to every woman mm-hmm. to be doing. And then there's obviously, you know, different things you can work on dependent on your situation or which limiting belief is kind of showing up the most for you. Mm-hmm. But does that help? Yeah, absolutely. That that perfectly answers that question. I think what a new concept might be to some women listening in on this podcast is, you know, thinking of money as another form of energy. And I'd love to just delve in a little bit further with you around money manifestation and that concept and what the spiritual and scientific elements of it are. Yeah, so I feel like spiritual, religion, science are all exactly the same thing. It's just shared through different languages, right? Mm -hmm. So you can be a spiritual person, you can be a religious person, you can be completely, you know, none of the above. But there's then there's science, you know, and a lot of it intermingles. Like I'm very spiritual. I always have been, you know, I was a little girl mixing up potions in the backyard and putting, you know, my, all my, my, my rock collection out under the mm-hmm. full moon before anyone told me like that was a thing to do. But I was also a science nerd who spends a lot of time watching documentaries on astrophysics. So and, and once you can, with an open mind, look at everything, you realize it's all exactly the same. And a very clear example of that is the, the idea of angel numbers and, you know, signs from the universe and things like that. 
And it works so well because it does, it gives you a sense of, you know, being supported and having someone else looking out for you. You know, when we say, I want the universe for a sign, I want, you know, when you check your phone and you see 1111 mm-hmm. or you ask the universe, I'd really love some, some guidance around this job, this promotion, whatever's happening for me. You know, if something's happening, can I please see a feather on the ground? Whatever it is, it's like a very spiritual practice at the moment and it's very common to be talked about. Mm-hmm. But the scientific side of it is the react, reta- you probably can say this a lot better than I can. I always <laughs> stumble on this. Re, 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 uh, Retaliation? Yep. Retaliation? No, re, no, reticular activating system. Oh, no. Don't, yep. don't know that one? No. Reticular activating system in the brain. We're learning today. <laughs> yeah. It's essentially this little part of your brain that is designed to pick up patterns. And it sorts out what memories are important and what memories aren't and what things to pay attention of in your day and what things, you know, not to. Mm-hmm. Because there's so much going on. Our brain has limited space. It's not like it's not like we can insert an extra couple of terabytes of memory drive into our brain. So it has to constantly filter out what needs to be seen, what do we need to pay attention and what don't. So when we ask, when we've got the negative mindset of I'm no good with money, I'm just crap with everything about money. I can't handle it. I spend too much, blah, blah, blah. And we've got a very negative mindset. We completely block off and our brain just goes, okay, well, just the walls instantly go up. We're we're not good at that. Wall up, nothing happens, move on. And so if we change our attitude and we start to say, you know what, money is always coming my way mm-hmm. and I'm open and willing to learn about money and I'm improving my relationship and you start changing this positive attitude, that's the consciousness what, like says to the unconscious part of our brain and the reticular activating system goes, oh, okay, she's telling me money is important and ways to make money is important. Mm-hmm. I'll keep that open for opportunities. And then suddenly we notice a flyer for a real estate investment seminar. Suddenly, you know, a friend starts talking about how her the casual job she does on the side wants more shifts. Another friend offers you a business opportunity or, you know, you just happen to remember you've got some shares put away that are now worth $60,000. Like you just never know, but it's actually the conscious part of it is the money manifestation we talk about. But the science behind it, that's actually what's helping you, that mm-hmm. system in your brain that makes you more aware and open to look for opportunities. Yes, love that. In NLP, we call that internal representation system. So it's basically yeah. like your filter of what your subconscious mind will allow you to bring into your vision because we receive so much information every second. We, we're not able to absorb all of it. But if our mind and our subconscious mind is open to it, then we will be able to see and basically yeah, like know the way, I guess. So if you're open to receiving more money, you will see more opportunities of how to create more abundance in your life. Yeah, exactly. You explain that so much nicer than I do. <laughs> but I, I re- really just believe money mis- manifestation is just consciously bringing your intention and your energy to a more aligned place with money. And the mm-hmm. more we do that at a conscious level, the more it happens subconsciously. And that's when we can start, you know, money starts coming in from the most expected, but also the most unexpected magical places that you would just never even Mm -hmm. imagine. And it's really powerful to realize that you are in control of your future, that you really do get to write and design your life through your thoughts, beliefs, actions, the words you speak, the things you do. And that's probably the most exciting bit for me. I love watching that little explosion in someone's brain when they realize, oh my God, I can actually create exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. All that time visualizing about how I would win the lottery, I actually get to, like the more I think about this, the more I visualize about it, I get to do this and I get to be in charge. And it's really exciting transformation to watch someone have. Yeah, absolutely. And the spiritual aspect of it really is that faith and that belief. Like when we talk about belief systems, that is that is getting in touch with your spirituality is having that unshakable faith that the universe is here to deliver the life that you want. Um, yeah. Not, you know, the old belief systems or the current belief systems that we might have that, we, you know, we're going back and talking about having to work hard and having to purge and having to you know sacrifice in order to be happy it it really just comes down that's the spiritual aspect of it is having that faith that that's 
not that's just a belief that's been you know taught to you and that really isn't the intention of our I truly believe that our lives were not meant to be about you know suffering and pain is part of the human experience yes but we're not meant to live a miserable life all of our lives just to see some sort of you know abundant outcome right at the end of it or whatever we imagine our end to be and I think that a lot of people we kind of have this idea of spirituality as you know people getting high on shrooms in a forest (laughs) or lots of tie-dye or you know, the lady, the local lady who does tarot and she's got 82 crystals around her neck. And I, I feel like it's we've got to break down those walls as mm-hmm. well. Spirituality is something completely personal to every individual person. It, it's really hard to define except for that feeling of faith and, and self-trust, I mm-hmm. think, as well. That can be a really, really big part of it. But, yeah, I feel like spiritual can be such a triggering word for people as mm-hmm. well. Like I'm not spiritual enough or I'm not spiritual because I, I'm not vegan. And there's suddenly become the, like these spiritual police where there's all these rules and you can only be spiritual if you do this this way or, and you can't be if you do this particular mm-hmm. thing. But it's really like hold up. Spiritual is completely internal for every single person Mm -hmm. and you should be proud of wherever you are at on your journey with that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a belief that I used to, that I had to work through myself again was you can't be spiritual and wealthy. That was a big, big one for me. Like I wasn't a, you know, a good spiritual human being um, if I was going to have you know, huge abundance in my life. And I really had to work on that and see that, no, it's like the, again, uh, there is so much abundance in the world and that by me having that abundance and me being a spiritual um, person, I will be able to create so much more impact and, you know, actually contribute to the world and, and, and my purpose and what I was here to do. And another thing, I had a light bulb moment when you were talking about, you know, as a child that you used to already have, you know, your, your spells and your, your, I guess your (laughs) rituals back then. I just had a light bulb moment as you were saying that, because I used to do it too when I was young. And I, and I think, you know, you could play that off and say, oh, it's a little, little girl's game but truly I think that that was our inner child getting in touch with our spirituality is really believing that we could manifest anything I used to do little spells now that I remember on you know attracting the boyfriend at school and I remember having a book about how to become a witch and we used to do spells and all of that stuff and and now you know I've only had I'm only starting to revisit and reconnect with that inner child in business now because I've learned that business is such a spiritual journey but let's talk a little bit about rituals what are some money manifestation rituals you practice yourself well you were just saying about like I get to be you know spiritual and wealthy I actually have an affirmation stuck up right next I'm sitting in my bed recording this podcast and right Mm -hmm. next to my bed is my vision board and there's two affirmations stuck on the wall right next to it. It says, I get to be sexy and spiritual and wealthy (laughs) as fuck at the same time. And then the one underneath it says, I get to have everything. And then there's my vision board next to it. So that's a really good little nice segue. You do get to be sexy, spiritual and wealthy all at the same time. You get to be everything. You do Mm -hmm. get to have your cake and eat it too. And affirmations, that's a huge part of my journey and what I do and what I teach and what I practice every day is you know that visualization through things like vision boards pinterest pinterest is an amazing manifestation app doing lots of guided and visual meditations but also i love speaking things into existence so you know affirmations around my house all the time i'm constantly repeating them you will know if you're my friend and we hang out you're not Mm -hmm. allowed to say i can't afford it because i will like correct you so freaking fast (laughs) it's like you know you can say it's not a priority right now Or, you know, you can say, I'm going to afford it or how can I afford it? But you're not allowed to say I can't afford it. So I find a lot of power through spoken words and written words in general, actually. Now that I'm saying this, a lot of my rituals are around words. I guess that's being a writer too. So Mm -hmm. lots of journaling for me. I journal every single day. Just some days I'm journaling and processing and working through things I've been through things I want to be better at but sometimes it's also just that my perfect day just scripting my perfect day writing down my dreams and my goals and how they're going to feel and that gets me in such a high vibe place 
Like yes. it's insane. I can go for a good journaling session and I can ride that high for like two weeks. I'm not even joking yes. when I just, it feels so real. So writing for me is a really powerful tool, but it's not for everyone. I mean, we all learn in different ways. Some people, you know, are very audio learners, some are visual. So watching YouTube videos with, you know, the dream destinations that they want to go to or my husband watches a lot of YouTube of guys with really nice cars and yeah. I feel like he's torturing himself but like, you know, he's like, no, babe, it helps me visualize. I'm like, okay, it's also torturing me. Can you please turn it down? <laughs> um, whereas other people are very kinetic learners so they want it, they need to do or they need to process and they need to talk through their vision and their goals with someone. So it's really about finding the way that works for you. Affirmations work for some people. And it's really powerful for them. But then other people are like, you know, I don't get it. It doesn't feel that way for mm-hmm. me. And my, my advice to that is just keep trying things till you find what works for you. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all going to resonate with something completely different. And the key word there is feel, huh? So it really, it's all about feeling uh, high vibe. Whatever it is that's going to get you to that state is really the ritual that is right for you. And I'm all for you know, not having to have a, be stuck on like a perfect ritual that you have to have every morning and night, particularly if you're a mum. I think that I used to get really fixated on how it should be like I have to do some breath work and I have to do the journal, but then my kids would wake up half an hour earlier and I'd yeah. be like, oh, okay, well, I didn't have time to meditate today. So I guess I'm not, you know, doing my spiritual practices and then exactly. <laughs> it has the opposite effect. You think, oh, I'm not going to be able to, you know, create the, the state of being that I want to be in to manifest what I want. No, it's not about that. It's really just about getting in tune with how you feel and feeling good because you know like attracts like and when you're feeling good and when you are you know again vibrating at that high frequency you will be able to attract things that also hold that energy like money and like abundance and and success however however way or shape or form it looks like in your business exactly and it, it comes back to as well like now we're putting our spirituality out into the world and we share like women are sharing things like here are my crystals out on the thing and here's my journaling practice and here's me saging on the full moon and the thing is as well that that comes with the the spiritual police where people are like oh well what you didn't you didn't sage cleanse your house on the full moon it's yeah. like no, bitch, I didn't. <laughs> like, you know, you've got to be able to, I think anything that puts rules and restrictions and it has to be done a certain way and you have to meditate for five minutes a day yeah. and um, you have to journal every single day, it, th- then it shifts the energy between what you're doing and the energy and the attention is the important bit. Mm-hmm. So if the energy and tension is off, it doesn't matter if you can tick the box and say that you meditated every single day for a month. If you hated doing it and you were stressed out, and, you know, you went to bed at night and then you're like, oh, crap, no, I have to do this thing. I'll get up and do it. Like yeah. the intention is so off. So you do what feels good for you. And if you want to sage cleanse your house on a Tuesday afternoon and it has nothing to do with the moon, just bloody do it. I love that. Best advice. <laughs> Let's talk about you being a writer. So you've just released an epic book my <laughs> god I have read it in literally like a few days I just wanted to have it finished and ready to go to, to chat about with you today and I was so dedicated and so obsessed with it that I well if you know me I fall asleep by nine o'clock so I pushed myself all the way till 9.35 and I reckon I fell asleep at the last one or two pages. But it is such an amazing book for anyone that wants to really, I think, I feel like it's the beginner's guide for anyone that wants to just get their money mindset legit, like improve it. This is where you would start. When we were talking about before, where do you start? I would start with this book. It's going to be a staple piece in my personal study library and I can't wait to share it with some of my clients. But In your words, tell us a little bit about this book, who it's for, and what is it about this book that can help women transform their mindset around money? Oh, thank you. I'm so honored you said it late to read my book. And everything (laughs) you just said has made me go, oh, yes, this book is landing in the right place for the right women at the right time. Mm -hmm. Because the whole goal around it was to have a a short, punchy, to-the-point jam-packed with goodness book that people could smash out in a weekend if they wanted to 
enunotype that, that wasn't containing all the extra fluff just for the sake of a word count. Like I mm-hmm. wanted every single sentence in it to be gold. So what you've just said to me makes me so happy. <laughs> but this book was really, you know, I do, do a lot of work with one-on-one clients around money mindset and it's deep emotional transformative work. It's so powerful and I love it. But I was getting to the point having a new baby that I can only take on four private clients a year. Mm-hmm. But there was this part once I had a baby that just, it totally shifted things for me again. You know, I've got two other kids, but having my new baby son Hudson in December, I was just like, I need to impact as many women as possible with this message. This is this is not about particularly growing my business. This is not about hitting certain revenue goals. For me, I just, I need this message to reach more women as possible as most like as many women as possible Mm -hmm. and I kind of sat with that for a few days and as he was lying on the bed you know sleeping in those early newborn days and they had those big two or three hour sleeps I just began writing I'm like I need everything I know and everything I've gone through that took me years of sifting through a podcast here and a a video there and reading these huge old-fashioned written by men outdated books about Mm -hmm. the universal intelligence and manifesting wealth you know and and they're great books don't get me wrong they're amazing books but and and I love reading and I still struggle through some of these books I'm like how do I take everything that I've learned which is nothing new but how do I make it palatable how do I get it into the eyes and ears and hearts of regular women who don't have three months to sit down and read this textbook from 1818. Yeah. And that's really the intention behind the book. So it was really for any woman who's felt guilty about buying a new bra or a pair of jeans for herself or any woman scared to open her electricity bill, any woman who's suddenly, you know, actually got a decent amount of money in the bank but who still doesn't feel safe and secure with that. And that's really, that was really the intention behind the book and it's, it's blown up it's actually I with the even with the intention of I want to help as many women as possible I think there was still a part of me that thought you know maybe my mum will buy a copy and that will be really cool but also be terrifying because I wrote about her in the book so and then the order started coming in and then it was you know hit the bestseller list on Amazon and then Target US picked it up and then Barnes and Noble and all these it it kind of just got really insane and awesome really fast and I think I am still playing a little bit of catch up uh, shifting shifting my headspace around this you know I went out to a cafe the other day and a woman came up and she had my book in her handbag and she wanted to take a photo with me and my friend who I was out with the cafe she's like are you famous like what? what am I out with a famous person I'm like I don't know what just happened and it's it's still freaking me out a little bit but it's in a good way in the best way right? Yes. It's selling like hot hot cakes, I should say, (laughs) because I was having trouble finding a copy that was going to get here in time for me to have read it before our podcast. So I, yeah, it's amazing. And I, and I definitely can see why it's going to be a staple. And what I think makes it different about other money mindset books is that it is really addressing women. And I, absolutely understand what you meant by you know books written in the past that had such a male energy behind them again wonderful books you know they're they're classics they're bestsellers like one that comes to mind that I just struggle to 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 finish and I'm still only halfway through and I swear I've been reading it for months so I've read a few books in between is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill uh yes it's just such a male there's so much male energy behind that book and you can tell it's not speaking to the woman and what I love about your book is it really just yeah it just it's really speaking to women and the limiting beliefs because our belief systems, yes, some of them are very common and and similar, but particularly with women, we have a whole set of limiting beliefs that are, that are different, but are so true to, to all of us that it, that it addresses. And I am someone like as a NLP coach and practitioner, I work with limiting beliefs myself. So as I started reading through this particular year chapters, that go into limiting beliefs. I was like, okay, I'm going to know most of this. Nothing's, I wasn't expecting anything to trigger me, but I was really enjoying reading it. So I just couldn't, you know, keep my eyes off. So I kept going until I came to a chapter around, um, debt and 
even for me, someone that has done immense work on money mindset and literally coach other women around some of these blocks myself and underlying limiting beliefs behind them through timeline therapy, I ended up, you know, feeling a little bit triggered around a particular chapter that was focusing on debt and beliefs around having debt and learned so much from it. So I can only imagine what women that haven't had that coaching experience yet or haven't done any subconscious mind work are going to get out of it it's it's a mind-blowing book and congratulations thank you I think there was a part of me that was very conscious when I was writing it that I wanted to I wanted you know there was this ego part of me that's like I want a coach to be able to pick this up and be like wow this has really changed my life but then I'm like just because my immediate circle around me is full of badass women business women who work on their mindset every single day and mm-hmm. that's obviously because like attracts light I do that all my friends do that my circle does that but it's like this book is meant to go beyond that so mm-hmm. write this write this book for the woman who strolls past it in big W and picks it up because you know she's like oh money right and has felt instant fear don't write this for the people on your not the people necessarily on your level but in your circle write mm-hmm. it for beyond that so I'm, I'm really glad you said that thank you no I- Absolutely. I, I think that every book should, every woman should have this book um, in their hands right now. It's going yeah. to help a lot of women. Oh, and, and don't feel bad as well about the Napoleon Hill book. I, <laughs> I read that book at least every month, but I still cannot get past the chapter on sex because I disagree with him so strongly. I haven't even got up to that chapter, so there you go. The minute I start reading about that particular chapter and he's like, mm, too much sex is bad, and I'm just like, bye. Bye, <laughs> You lost me right there. (laughs) Hang up. Yeah. No, I I totally feel you there. Especially, (laughs) yeah. And again, it's just that male energy speaking to, it doesn't just really resonate. Some of the chapters just don't really resonate with me as a, as you know, someone that identifies herself with more of a feminine energy, I'd, especially chapters like that, it totally makes sense. You'd be like, no, we, we don't yep. need And we'd, let's just not pass that one over to our partners either. Like no one needs yes. to read that shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all about what feels good, guy. He missed that chapter. <laughs> now, I wanted to talk to you as well because we, you know, I am a mum of two boys and I, and I love asking other mumpreneurs this question. Any tips for mums in business or mums wanting to start a business but are thinking, how the heck will I find the time? Because, girl, you have three kids, three kids, <laughs> and you've launched a book. Sorry, you wrote a book whilst having a little newborn in your arms. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. My first bit of advice is lock the door when you're being interviewed on a podcast because <laughs> my five-year-old just walked in like, oh, with a, that's like, like, with a mil- like, you know that look on the face where they're just about to start asking a million questions yeah. and it's like, no, out. Yeah, <laughs> So first, first bit of advice, lock the door when you're on a podcast. <laughs> um, I think any advice I would give to any businesswoman, you know, whether you're a mum or not, the first bit of advice I would I wish I could go back and tell myself in the early days is not everyone's going to support you the way you want to be supported and you have mm-hmm. to be really careful who you share that that side of yourself and that side of your business with you know because not everyone is going to want to cheer you on there's going to be people that might want you want to see you succeed but not as successful as them mm-hmm. or there might be people that feel really threatened by you doing something that you love when they do something that they hate whatever it is but there's going to be people who support you and people that aren't and I feel like it's really important to find your tribe of women that do support you mm-hmm. I think specifically women is is really important for other women because even when we have men supporting us, it can often feel like a mentorship or it can sometimes feel a little bit patronizing depending on the energy. But if you can find women around you that do what you do and want to see you succeed and you want to see them succeed and you can cheer each other on, that's where you can share all your business up and downs. You know, And don't go and tell your Auntie Susan who's never run a business in her life and thinks you know mm. everyone's out to get her and there's microchips in in whatever you know you keep you got to protect your energy especially in the early days of that business so really choose who you share that with yeah um and find your cheerleaders I think specifically I'm not sure did you do you have an experience in your business like would you say the same thing or is this 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 me processing my trauma yeah absolutely Shauna that that resonates with me a lot because I find that again with myself and some of the clients that I work with 
um, we all often have a fear of judgment and that judgment isn't always the way we, you know, we think about it in terms of judgment on social media or someone just thinking that we're that we're complete dicks when we're online or promoting our business it does it can come from our family members from our friends and it's not always that judgment that's you know straight in your face it's just maybe lack of support or an energy that rubs off on you where someone is trying to you know question the the path that you're taking in your business or you know is this the right time is this safe i came from a corporate a job that you know it was a high paying position and not only did I have to find that certainty within myself that I was doing taking the right path by becoming more aligned with myself and, and the work that I'm doing and that I was ready for this that I was ready to start my own business but I also had to have enough certainty within myself to deal with you know family members that you know had to question a little bit had a bit of you know had to I guess what's the right word challenge me a little bit on is this the right time you know is this safe you know you've got kids now you know is this the right time to be doing this coaching thing particularly if it is um an online business you're gonna have definitely going to have aunties and uncles and and family members and family friends from other generations who don't quite understand the digital marketing world or the e-commerce world and they don't really understand how money and businesses can be I guess how products and services can be sold only online they're used to the traditional bricks and mortars business so yeah I yeah I'm all for the, the advice that I give on this that might be a little bit similar to yours around protecting your energy is whenever someone is giving you advice or giving you you know a bad vibe or rubbing an energy off that's not beneficial to your certainty and your the vibe that you want to hold in your business I always just ask myself do I want the life that they have do I want the business that they have? Do I do I model them? Do I would I change, you know, my dream life or even the life that I have now for what they've got? And if the answer yeah. is no, then I'm like, thank you, but no thank you. And just keep yeah. going um, and keep doing your thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And there's realizing as well, like seeing it from the other point of view that they're just trying to in their own little fucked up way that they don't realize they are Mm -hmm. trying to protect you it comes from a place of love more more often than not it comes from a place of love i don't think anyone wakes up in the morning intentionally like i'm gonna go this day and they have to pick that area around that's their baggage that's their their experience and that's their beliefs and you don't have to that on yeah absolutely but yeah sorry you you asked me as well about doing all of the stuff I do around kids. Yes, that was correct. Yes, yes. No, you know what? You actually answered my next question because I always ask women, it's fine, you're just reading my mind, Shauna, because I always ask women, what advice would you give to the you that was just starting out in business? And I feel like that is, that that you've answered that question, but the other element of it was around- But not the question you actually asked. No, 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 it's fine. Again, reading my mind, it's amazing. But for mums in business, anyone that is a mother and an entrepreneur, I just love just asking, you know, one, two, three hundred tips, however many you have. How, what would you, what would you, I guess, what advice would you give to women in business that might feel a little bit overwhelmed or strapped for time or thinking, yeah. how am I going to do this? Am I going to have the time to run this kind of business? Yeah, well, I think it comes down to time and money Mm because time is as much of a currency as money is. Mm -hmm. So if you have all the time in the world but you don't necessarily have the money, then you've got to figure out, okay, so you don't want to put your kids in childcare, that's fine. How are you going to work your business in the cracks of the day? How are you going to balance your energy and your need for rest and your need to be a mum and be present for your kids with also trying to fit in as much work as possible. So, you know, that might be waking up a little bit earlier. It might be going to bed a little later. It might Mm -hmm. be dedicating half of that nap time to a nap for yourself and then half of that nap time to answering some emails. For me, I was running um, at one point three businesses with two kids and a lot of the work I did was, you know, in at the school because I would get to school like 10 minutes early before school opened because I was just super organized um and before the kids could go into school they would sit in the car and listen to music I would buzz through a few emails they would go into school um or drop them at kindy or I'd pick them up from kindy they'd be asleep in the car I'd sit in the driveway and answer a few emails 
and just working my business in the cracks. And then it was actually, you know, I had a lot of international clients. So I was getting up at three or four o'clock in the morning to run coaching calls. I was up late for webinars. I was lucky to have a really, really great support system around me. There was actually one point in my business where I retired my husband for six months and he was essentially Mm -hmm. full-time daddy for the kids. And that was the best six months of my life. I'm not going to joke. Like I would get up, do the work I need to do. He'd go do school run. He'd do play group. He'd do kindy, whatever. He'd drop them at daycare. We'd come home, you know, have midday, whatever we wanted to do together. Mm -hmm. And then we assume parenting positions at night as well. But it's about finding if you don't have the money or yeah, if you don't have the money to, to outsource a lot of your things, like we were talking earlier about having a podcast manager, which I think is a really, really cool idea. But in the early days, I didn't have the money to outsource a lot of things like that. So I had to find the cracks in the yeah. day, just absolutely had to. If it meant getting up half an hour earlier, it meant, you know, doing a bit of work in their nap time or you know, sending a lot of voice notes to my friend while I was also one-handed changing the baby's nappy. And then once you've built that up to a point where you have a little bit more money, but you also know what your time is worth. Like for mm-hmm. me now, I know that an hour of my time is worth between $222 to $444. I know that now with the clients that I work with, the work that I do. So you know, hiring a nanny for three hours to come around to my house and look after my, my baby son because he's still breastfeeding and I don't really want him childcare just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, he's so much smaller than my other kids. They were like <laughs> these big chunky babies and he's this petite <laughs> little thing. So he just feels a lot long, younger than the other two. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I hire a nanny. She comes over for three hours. The nanny costs X amount, but the money I make in return is so much bigger. It's like hiring a cleaner as well. I really believe every woman, if she can, if it feels aligned with her, if she doesn't enjoy cleaning, please hire a cleaner. It used to take me all day to clean the house between the kids and having to organize the house and clean it and do everything. Whereas now the cleaner can come round. I can sit in the backyard, watch my son play under the big tree in our yard, smash out two client calls, make $800 while the house is being cleaned. Yeah. You know? I think it's that moment of realizing, especially when you're a mum, that time is a currency too. Mm-hmm. And you want to be able to work when you work and then you want to be able to be a mum when you're a mum and yes. turn off. Like you know, there's nothing worse than taking your laptop to – everyone talks about, I want to have my laptop at the beach and everything. And I'm like, I think anyone who really genuinely loves their laptop can think of nothing worse than sand in their laptop. <laughs> but at the same point, like you don't want to be going out for a, a beach day with your family and bringing your laptop, laptop along yeah. or spending the whole day there just thinking about the to-do list at home. And likewise, when you're doing your work, you don't want to be thinking, oh, I just want to cuddle the baby. I just want to cuddle the baby. You know, you want to be present in each part so it's having that little bit of a masculine energy where you can compartmentalize things a little bit but Mm -hmm. I think that that helps to realize time is a currency so you can either spend money you can spend time but when you can and you feel like you're in a position to do so please delegate Mm -hmm. and outsource as much as you possibly can you know get the cleaner get the meal prep service for the days where you're busy running around to soccer practice and you've got client calls, just get someone else to make dinner for you. Like, hon, you know you're going to be so much happier for it. Just little things like that I feel like can be really, really powerful in also helping women feel supported and empowered around what they're doing. You don't have to do it all by yourself. There's no glorification or brownie points for who has suffered the most, you Mm -hmm. know. I love that because I know that very early on in my business journey prior to my coaching business, that was definitely me. I just had this belief and it again always stems, you know, comes back to beliefs and then the limiting beliefs that have formed those beliefs. But the, you know, I had this idea that not only did I need to run my business in the nooks and crannies of the day when the kids were asleep, but I had to cook healthy meals. I had to clean the house. I had to be a good partner. I had to stay fit. Um, I had to have time to wash my hair so that I could jump on Instagram and do a story, not scare the shit out of everybody. You know, like <laughs> I just felt like I had to do it all. And what that essentially leads to is complete burnout and absolute 
hatred for every yeah. aspect of your life. You get shitty at the kids, you get shitty at your business, you get shitty at your partner. And really this is where this is where all the problems happen where mums feel like they're just not able to juggle it all juggle it all. So essentially what we're saying here is you have the permission to outsource, you have the permission to get help, you have the permission to feel super supported so that you can you absolutely can and it is possible to run your business even if you've only got you know one two or three hours in your day you still start somewhere and you're still building the foundations of you know your future legacy and your future empire that's how I think of it as well particularly if you have young kids I always think or used to think particularly when Tommy was born and I had two of them at home you know, whatever I can do in that one, two, three hours that I have, imagine what I'm going to be able to do when I have, you know, my eight hours again, or my seven and a half, or however many hours I would like to work in the future, because, you know, the time will come that the kids will go to school, and your what you have mastered has been able to focus on the the money-making tasks, or the tasks that are really going to move the needle in your business, and Truly, if you've mastered that, then you're going to ace it when you have more time in your life again to focus on your oh, business. But, absolutely. I was yeah. so excited. My Both kids were at school this year and I was so looking, I'm like going to have five full days instead of just having to rely yeah. on one daycare day a week or, you know, having the nanny a few hours and, and, and then my body went and got pregnant and I was like, no, <laughs> I'm starting from scratch again. So it's been a balance for me, like going from having a, a, a five-year-old and an eight-year-old. Yeah both at school to now going completely back to the start where there's this tiny little human that is completely dependent on me and my business has had to completely shift again Mm -hmm. you know I can't take on as many one-on-one clients as I would really love to that's okay I'm just I'm going to write a book so I can impact lots of women Mm -hmm. and I I can't run my you know particular workshops and stuff thanks to COVID no problem I'm going to you know relaunch my membership and make that even more powerful you know I've got 20 women in that in the moment and that's just going to keep growing and growing so you've just got to be able to go you know whatever phase I'm in it is just a phase but how can I make this you know work for me how can I leverage my time how can I create the most impact and the most income for the least amount of stress and like there's going to be hard work businesses take hard work that's a given but you don't have to subscribe to the idea of this hustle and grind mm-hmm. and 16 hour days because it, it can be easy if you choose it gets to be easy yes please asap unsubscribe from that asap from that belief um it is going to do you so much good particularly this is for every woman but particularly if you're a woman that has little babies at home shauna you have been oh my God, just a huge amount of value today. There are so many golden nuggets in this conversation. I am just obsessed with this episode already. I can't wait to get it out and share it with our audience. I hope so. I felt like I totally rambled through the whole thing. So I hope it makes sense at the end. No, I love a good ramble. Your rant, you know what? When the when there is this much value in a ramble, we could ramble all day. And, it's, and it's, <laughs> I, I honestly think this has been an amazing interview. I really can't wait to get this out. But I know our audience members are really also going to want to connect with you because I know that this is definitely not where my journey is going to end with working with you in the in the future. I know that you've still got so much value that I can um, take away and learn from. So where can we get your hands on your incredible book and where else can our audience connect with you and see more of you and engage with you? Awesome. Well, um, the book is available pretty much everywhere we're still trying to get in target australia and big w australia but it's in target us so if you're in the us listing you can grab it online at target mm-hmm. it's on amazon you can find it on ebay barnes and noble um dimmix any online book retailer the book is there and it's available in paperback so you can order a physical copy and the ebook is actually just gone live today as well so if you yes. want it and you don't want to wait for it to be shipped to you or if you're like me and you like to read on your phone too I'm, I'm a big lover of historical tacky romance novels, like the full mm-hmm. pirate being ravish novels. So I read them on my um, phone. <laughs> so you might want to just get the ebook too. That's available on Amazon and everything now too. You can also find me very active on Instagram. Instagram is my happy place. That's my genius zone. That's where I like to connect with people. So um, at sexy underscore selfish, you can find me over there. Love to have a good chat. 
love sending quotes and memes to everyone. Everyone, I have so many Instagram best friends. There must be, um, there must be like 40 Instagram best friends. I don't know if they know that we're best friends, but we are. And then I've also got the website www.sexyselfish.com, which is where you can find out a little bit more information about what I do. You can also, there's a book, a link on there, which will take you to purchase the book too. If you just kind of want something more direct, that will take you straight to it. Yay. Love that. Oh my goodness. And we're going to put all of the links in our show notes. So head over to those and they will all be available there. Again, Shauna, thank you so, so, so much for being here today. This has been so much fun, so much value. I I honestly can't wait to get this out ASAP. And we look forward to hearing from you and seeing more of your magic. I'm sure there's going to be a, you know, book two uh, coming out soon. So maybe there we'll is, get you jumping on then so as well. Yeah, like book one launched and I'm two thirds of the way through book two. Oh <laughs> but my we'll God. get there. That's scheduled for 2021. Okay. It's going to be amazing. Okay. Well, you know, I'm on pre-order then. (laughs) Such exciting stuff. Thank you again. Thank you so much for having me. I had a really, really great time. Oh, thank you so much, Shauna. And thank you guys for listening in. Have a lovely rest of the day and we'll catch you in the next episode. Hey, business bestie. Thank you so much for choosing to tune into the Her Soulful Success podcast. Don't forget to check out the show notes for all of the links, including my private Facebook group community, Passion to Profit, where I share even more free content, freebies, and live events for the ambitious business babe. If you loved what you heard today, you're going to love what I have in store for you. Everything from creating beautiful brandy, money, mindset, and wealth, nutrition for optimal energy and mood, to energy healing and anxiety management. I got you. I am covering like all of the things to support you on your journey to soulful success. So that you don't miss out on future episodes, don't forget to click subscribe and share the podcast with your tribe. If you share it on your socials, don't forget to tag me so that I can say hi and thank you personally.